say I got the city on fire. I ain't booming, that's a goddamn lie. Whoa. Really though, like really though. Like really? Really though, like really though. Yeah, really. They say I got the city on fire. I ain't booming, that's a I'm pretty amazed by like that sound. It's it's cool how they like I don't that. know how you get your throat to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like rappers are really good at like having like I feel like they kind of choose a sound that's like their own and then just like really develop it and hone it like so you like almost couldn't like recreate it. Right. If like uh a good example is like like Chance the Rapper like the ah yeah. Like you can't ah you can't just recreate that. Or like T Grizzly does this thing where he's like ah. Yeah, I don't really listen much to T Grizzly, but I feel like a lot of them are good. What are what are other ones? Migos does like the like uh, uh yeah, like the mama. They do those really well. I can't think of really any other ones. Those are like the most iconic ones, I think. Yeah. If you were a rapper, what would your noise be? Mine would probably be. I need to do something like related to. I mean, I would have done mama if it wasn't already taken. Uh, maybe like uh, maybe I would do like bro, like bro, like a bro, bro. Yeah. I like that. Or like a confused sound, like a, hmm? <laughs> or you know what I would actually do? Really I would, embodying your, your life here <laughs> through, yeah. your, through your music. Or I would do like a, or I would say oops. I'd be like, whoops. I'd probably go like, I'd just go all out. Just like, ah! Wow, that's, I don't know. What, what kind of music? It depends what kind of music. Like it has to pair well. Like I think Chances is the best yeah. because like it pairs so well with this right. like, kind of, with this flow. No, mine wouldn't just pair terribly. Like I, I'd be like, so you'd I'm be like, like a pop singer. I'd be like I'd be like some pretty melodic rap, and then I'd just be like ah ah. I know that's what I'd do actually. I'd just do a scared sound. Yeah. It'd be like it'd be like when you um when uh, in a horror movie when they like open up a door or something and the main character's about to die and they're like ah that'd be mine. Ooh, actually no, that's it. Mine would just be oh. Oh really? Yeah. No, you know what? What if it was just the bleep sound? Hey, you're yeah. Like, ah. The bleep sound, but like you make it with your throat. Or another idea: What if it was like a rocking chair? Like you were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just sounds like yeah. inappropriate. All right, though, that's fine. I don't, I don't think we can say that. Okay, on let's let's for the in the smoothest segue of all time right here. I'm going to segue into uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> I couldn't think of a segue, so so that that's that. Our first segment up today uh, is a fun one. Uh, it's called "What the." F- what the f though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two, I let one go. My what the f for this week is you know all those people who say like when you tell them something and they're like, oh yeah, I understand when they just like very clearly don't. And not yeah. not even like they don't, but like they they're just saying they understand so that like the com- they want the conversation to be over. And like Oh yeah. I understand that like maybe this isn't something you want to be talking about and I would just really appreciate you being upfront with me and saying like, Hey, can we talk about this later? Or like, hey, this isn't something I wanna talk about. Like that's totally fine. Yeah. I just appreciate like people who are upfront with me instead of like So you'd rather them just be like, Leave me alone? Yeah. Really? I've I I hate people who are indirect. I hate people. Sometimes you're kind of indirect, not going to lie. Really? Yeah. When have I ever... Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every... But it's, I'm not like faulting you for that. I feel like everybody's kind of mm-hmm. indirect sometimes. Like you couldn't... If you were the most direct person in the world, like... And I know some people who are the most direct in the world and they're not... A lot of people have trouble... Like I, I like it a lot, but a lot of people have trouble being around them for that reason. That's true. I, I think there's a line. Like there's a line, but like... That's just a level of indirectness where, like, yeah. you have to, like, physically lie to get out of a situation. Like, yeah. that, that's something that I'm not okay with. No, I'd definitely rather, um, I'd definitely rather people be direct for the most part as mm-hmm. well. Just so you, like, especially, like, so you know where you, like, where you stand, like, in a conversation. Like, right. oh, you want to, like, keep talking. And, but, okay, that's, that's a good one. Uh, my what the f- is kind of, I would say, like, the other side of that. Mine would be, like, when you're really trying to be nice to somebody and like sort of listen to their story and you're like trying to do work or something, right? Like I think I think it really depends on the scenario because if you're like if you're trying to do work and like someone just comes up and like starts talking to you out of nowhere, like it's not really your fault if you don't want to talk to them. Like you're in the middle right. of something. So like my my kind of what the f- is when you know when someone's like telling you a story and you're you're like not really paying attention but you're kind of listening and so every once in a while you're just like, "Oh, that's crazy." And then they keep talking and you're like, "Oh, what? That's crazy." So my what the f- is like when you just keep saying like either like oh wow then what happened next and or like oh that's crazy and they just like keep going and they keep going and like it doesn't get more interesting and like you don't know how to end the conversation 
And it's I would say it's not your fault, especially if you were doing something and they interrupted you. I feel that. Like, when people... There's definitely sometimes I feel like an expectation, like, people, like, who have a story to tell you, like, expect you to, ha- like, dedicate that time. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I, I get that for for sure. I feel also slightly targeted by that <laughs> just a little bit. How? So I wasn't targeting you. <laughs> okay, I wasn't good. thinking about you. I wasn't thinking about anybody. I don't know. I come actually. I come from a family of people who do that. <laughs> so I and like I I definitely agree like mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying. But mm-hmm. someone's calling me right now. Can I can I take the call? Wait, actually let's stay on air. Let's, yeah, let's do an okay. on-air call. On-air call? All hey, right. hey Kendall, what's up? Where are you? Uh I'm in the studio recording. Actually we're recording Wait, put on, put we're recording speaker, right now. So. It's on speaker. You're on oh. air. You're on air live. Kendall, oh can you tell can you tell our no, listeners a little I, bit about yourself? Oh yeah. So um, I live in Ude. I'm 19. I'm a computer science major, and I'm Sammy's friend. I wanted to know if you had a bottle opener. I do. It's in my room. <laughs> um, it's in. I'm gonna bleep that part out. By the way, uh, it's in my room. Uh, if you want to go up there, just ask Justin. He probably knows where it is. Okay. Yeah. Bet. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Kendall. Um, bye. Nice to see you. Guys. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Um. All right. What were we talking about? Like people who tell stories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't thinking about anybody in in particular, but I'm just saying I think that that is prevalent as much, if not as much, maybe more than yeah. people being indirect. I feel like they both sort of go back to the same the same root though, like people not being like real with each other. Uh-huh. Or like that's fair. Because I feel like. I've definitely, I've been on both sides of that, mm-hmm. if I'm being real. And, like, when you're on the other side, like, you know the other person, like, doesn't really want to be listening to the story. So you're almost more, like, telling it for yourself in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So you're saying it's a both sides kind of issue. It's a both sides kind of issue. That's there's, exactly There's what great saying. people on both sides of this issue. <laughs> <laughs> what the f*** though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Oh, Evan, what are you wearing right now? I am wearing um, a Michigan t-shirt. What are you wearing? Well, you can see. 26 ace three-mile run slash walk for the Cliff Island Library of 101 years. Yeah, Cliff Island is this dope island in uh, Casco Bay where I like to hang out sometimes. And there's a 5K there every year. So I'm wearing Did that. you run it or walk it? What do you think? Ran. Not only did I run it. Uh, okay, yeah, that's pretty much it. I ran it. You that yeah. there, there wasn't anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there wasn't anything else. It was fun though. I've run it every year since I was like probably like I don't know, like six years old, oh, seven awesome. years old. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, Have your times improved since you were six or seven years old? Yeah, yeah. I got the dub a couple times. Hey, not to not to flex on you, but yeah, I won oh, a so race there, on there an island in Maine. Not to not to flex on you there. That's a major flex. Thanks, bro. I had to do it. I, had I, to I do know it. you did. Yeah. Um, I'm here to support your flexing habit. Speaking of flexing. Our first topic for today is clothing. Dude, how- I, I gotta congratulate you. That's like the best segment that we've had. That's the best segue I think I've I've heard. Thanks. That was so, I'm, I'm proud of that segue. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was really good. <laughs> it would have been better if we didn't pause for like 15 seconds to talk about how good a segue. My no, I was. feel like I I, we gotta, I know you're right though. Bro. We have to like appreciate good stuff when we do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but clothing and masculinity. Yeah. Uh, what are your first thoughts? My first thought is that like I feel like a lot of times people assume that bros don't care about clothes and don't think much about it but like i actually think that it is something that there there are like all sorts of expectations around um from multiple angles i think that sometimes there are expectations among some people that you should wear like sportier clothes like sweatpants and like you know whatever like that kind of style and then there's other expectations like depending on the people you're around, like I've definitely felt it in Silicon Valley. Um, like there are expectations to have like really nice clothes or like mm. wear like wear Gucci or wear like really nice shoes. Like I probably have the sh- shoes of anybody I know. Your shoes are very ripped. Like, I can to be fair, they are foot. like very ripped. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't really give a f- about that. Um, but that's just because like I've kind of chosen to, I feel like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tension and I've definitely gotten a lot of hate for it, uh, around like having like really? nice, nice shoes, um, or around like having having nice clothes. Yeah, yeah. I feel that it's definitely like, I feel like it's also very much like a regional thing too. How so? I don't know. Well, like back home, there was like definitely a very stark divide between like the granola people who will wear like their fleeces mm-hmm. and like their cargo pants, in between like the people who were trying to flex, like wearing like 
I don't, I don't know, like they're they're like Adidas sweatpants or like the Jordans or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and then there were just like some people who like pretended not to like yeah. give a fuck and would yeah. just like wear like t-shirts for a random sports team and like ratty sweatpants. Mm-hmm. But like even even that in and of itself is like a statement. You, so you think everything that people wear is a statement? Yeah. Really, in some capacity. Yeah, I would say, like, even if you're not making a statement, like, that sort of is a statement in itself. Yeah, I mm-hmm. kind of agree with that. Um, how do you, like, decide what you want to wear? It's scattershot. Some day, some mornings, I'll is be... Is that a word, scattershot? Yeah, scattershot's a word. Is it a word? We have a third party in the studio who we'll introduce later. Is that a word? Scattershot? I've never heard that word. Okay, what? our third party has never sh- heard the word scattershot. The jury's out on whether it's real. Scattershot I'm is defined not. as denoting something oh. that is broad but random and haphazard in its range. So it is a word. Wait, say the uh, definition again. Denoting something that is broad but random and haphazard in its range. How did you use it? What did you my, say? My process for choosing what I wear is kind of scattershot. So the process for choosing what I wear is broad but random and haphazard in its range, which I think is perfectly I don't think accurate. that's how it's supposed to be used. <laughs> I don't nah, know. That doesn't that's, seem right. That's very right. That It's haphazard? That's yeah. like a word to describe like the activity of a rocket or something. <laughs> Well, it is true. Like, the dresser drawers in my dorm were, like, super old. And halfway through last quarter, they just all collapsed. They're quite scattershot. They are very... I want to see how many times I can use that as a That one is not how you use the word. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I will just, like... Most of the time, I wear, like, athletic shorts and a Michigan t-shirt. Honestly. Yeah. Like, a good... It's two, such a statement. Two to three days. Yeah, it's like, I'm proud of where I'm from, and I don't care what you think about my lower body. That's, like... And also, I don't get cold. As you don't, I don't as care Yacht what you think about my lower. How are you saying you don't care about what you think about? Oh, I don't know. Like, there's, there's like this perception body. that like, to look nice, you have to wear pants. Which <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> yeah, there is. Bro, have you ever been to like a warm place? People aren't wearing pants, and they still think they look nice. Hmm. I feel like that's not. That's definitely not a stereotype I've thought about. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Oh, I'm, at like nice events and stuff. Or just like day to day. Like I've noticed that even when you're it's wearing like, pants right now, I am wearing pants right now. That's because I'm freaking sell out. I'm sort of sick, okay? Like, I'm trying to stay warm out here, even though it's, like, pretty warm. I don't, I don't have a good excuse. Also, I really need to do laundry. That's the real reason. Yeah, honestly, so much of what I wear is based on when I do laundry. Mm. Like, I totally have those clothes that are, like, and this is, like, a total privilege to, like, uh, to have. Like, I definitely have, like, probably three pairs, like, three pairs, of, or sorry, three shirts that, like, I just never wear. They're, like, the ones that are at, like, the bottom of my, uh, that are at the bottom of my shelf. But, like, every once in a while, if I really haven't done laundry in a long time, like, those will be the ones yeah. that I, like, pull out. You know what I mean? And it's, like, such a privilege to have, like, extra shirts. But, like, right. there's definitely, like, levels of, like, clothes that I, I uh, that I own that I, like, want to wear. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I try to do laundry, like, once a week. Um, I was really good about it last quarter, like doing laundry every Friday. This quarter, I've been pretty terrible about I it. Probably doing an average like, like two weeks. Socks and bare feet one day because you hadn't done laundry in like two weeks. Socks and bare feet? Yeah. What do you mean socks or, and bare feet? I, sorry, shoes and bare feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ran out of socks. Also, socks just like disappeared for me. Not going to lie. Yeah. Like, I don't know where the frick my socks are mm. half the time. I'm wearing socks right now. Just a little flex, okay. little flex okay. there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, sometimes I just like I lose them and I can't find them. Wait, so how do you decide what you wear in the morning? Yeah, I basically just wake up and uh, I just think about how can I be the best me today? And Ooh. the answer is almost just walk, always just like walking outside in a pair of boxers. Uh, <laughs> like if I, could, if I could do that, I totally would. Really? Oh yeah, dude. There's nothing better than just like wearing wearing a pair of boxers and like maybe you're wearing a white shirt or like maybe you're wearing like a you know like undershirt. Maybe you're not wearing a shirt if it's like the summer. Like if I could go in the summers and just wear like boxers and no shirt, like oh my god, dude, that is the best freaking that, feeling in the world. I don't know if I have the self confidence to go just. Oh, I'm not talking about like I, I'm talking about an in ideal world where like oh. where like it might maybe like. You're actually wearing that, but it appears that you're wearing regular clothes. Or Ooh. that was just like a socially accepted thing to do. If everyone, yeah, because if everyone was wearing just boxers, it wouldn't be weird for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my ideal. But in on real, in the reality, a lot of what I wear every day is based on what's available. Sometimes I wake up with like four minutes uh, to go before my class. Sometimes I wake up and there's only four, four minutes. Uh, sometimes, has, has that happened? Oh, yeah, for sure. And sometimes I wake up and there's only four minutes left in my class. <laughs> <laughs> Those days kind of suck. Um, but yeah, so sometimes I just grab something super quickly. Um, but I don't know. I, since I've gotten to Stanford, I've started to care a little bit more about my drip. Um, 
I don't know. I have like a couple of like dope pairs of pants that I really like. Uh, finally started wearing jeans. Society pressure. Uh, finally convinced me to do it and i i really like my jeans so i'll try to wear those like when i can um and then i don't know like i more think about what i'm wearing if i like change later in the day like if i'm going to do something later that night or if mm-hmm. i'm like going going out with friends or whatever like i'll I'll try to like have a little bit more drip gosh yeah yeah I, I feel that yeah i also have this freaking dope jacket now that Is i picked up at a thrift store the backcountry uh, horseman of california one yeah I, I have a like a uh pretty glamorous blue jacket that says backcountry horseman of california on the back of it and it's just so it's sick. a nice jacket too. it's like metallic it's so nice mm-hmm. so yeah Gleaming. I'll, I'll try to try to wear that when i can too but yeah yeah i feel like honestly so much of fashion is about like individuality mm-hmm which is funny because, like, so much of it is also about conforming. It's like conforming to individuality. Almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not to, not to get too meta on your pretty like, meta. That's pretty meta. Yeah. That oh, be- bro, can you be individually conforming to individuality that you're conforming to? Yes. What would that look like? I don't know. I just said individual I- conformity <laughs> altogether as many like- times as I could. I, I still that was quite it- a scattershot statement. I still, th- <laughs> I still think the answer is yes. Like, I don't know. I feel like your wardrobe choices would look like pretty scattershot in that in that context if society this is actually a meta question if you're if society is um like is uh convincing and uh trying to convince you to act individually and act uh uniquely and as an individual isn't it then a form of conforming to be individual Ooh, i feel like this is suburbanization like that's what suburbanization is it's like society telling a bunch of people that they're that like by moving to the suburbs they'll be able to act more individually, but that in doing that like they're just conforming to what everyone else is doing, and so that they're not being individuals at all. I feel like it's the same concept here. I don't know if it's the same concept. I was more talking about like like individuality and like clothes or something. And I, like like a good example I think is NBA players like coming to games. Like it's the culture now Ooh. to like wear like super crazy things and like wear the most individual thing you Russell, could. Russell Westbrook's oh. under man boob. Dude, it's his style is insane. His style is insane. But like that's kind of in a way like can, like new players who are starting to do that like because they have seen other players do that. They're like in a way conforming to right. that like sense of individuality. Yeah, like it's you know what I mean? it's like cuz other players are doing this, I'm going to start doing this. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't know. I feel like I've kind of started to do that at Stanford. Like, I've tried to start dressing a little bit more individually. Not like I'm doing that right now. I'm wearing sweatpants and a, and a T-shirt. Yeah. But, like, on a broader level, I think I, I'm trying to do, to do that a little bit more. And I don't know if that's because I'm conforming or if it's because, like, I have a desire to be actually be more individual. I'm not sure. Yeah, I get that. I feel like, for me, there's, like, certain days mm-hmm. where I'll just be like, I don't care. And then there will be certain days where I'm like, you know what? I want other people... To like look at me and be like, damn, he looks good today. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Do you ever yeah. have that? Like where I want people to look at me? Or not not where you want people to look at you, but like when people see you to be like, damn, he's dressed nice. I mean, when do you not want that? Like, I don't know. Ideally, I feel like that would be on a on the daily, bro. I guess, but like, there's some days where it's like. Oh, most effort. of the time, I don't really go. Yeah, like, given right. the choice between given the choice between people being like, oh, he has dope style, and like, oh whatever like i i guess i'd want the first yeah i see that i feel like but i also just don't really care i feel like that like the i don't really care like that's a big part of like how men choose to dress i feel like Uh uh-huh but is it just something that people like are they really is that really true like do i really not care or do am i just like do i think i don't care you know what i mean yeah or like is the act of not caring like something within itself bro do you care about not caring i I feel like the ingredient sorry go ahead ahead. no 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 i was gonna say the the i think we just identified the ingredients to creating a meta idea like on uh, in in two seconds you repeat (laughs) two things backwards you could be like you could be like um i care about not caring yeah i care about not caring do i not care about caring about not caring yeah or like like, that's so meta yeah do you love like do you love her or do you love the idea of her? Ooh, or like, yeah. do you love her or do you do you love the or do you love loving her or do you like or do you do you like skateboarding or do but you does like skateboarding the idea? love you? I don't like, know about that That's one. meta, right? That's meta. Yeah. How? I don't know, cause like, what does meta mean? 
Okay, that's really meta. That's like can you look it up. I mean, there's nothing more meta than a Google search. I don't think I feel like that's anti-meta. Like what? Looking things up? Yeah. I'm gonna look up is Googling what meta means meta. Go for it. You might be the, probably not the first person to. Oh yeah, no, you're the first person to do that. Let's see. Um, why don't we just see what meta means? Yeah. Is it short for metaphysical? Because I don't know. I just use it all the time. Yeah, I feel like this says like self-referential. Um, hmm. So just like, I don't know. What I is feel it like it's a self-referential. Yeah, referring to the, to itself. Yeah, of a creative. I guess that makes sense. Yourself. Like yeah. questioning things, uh, like within one within oneself right. or within something. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Actually, it's like folding on top of each other. Dude, speaking of folding. That should have been our segue. Oh. Speaking of folding, let's talk about clothes. Oh, oh. oh, we really should have thought about that beforehand. It's good. It's a, That's it's a good a, segue. It's an internal Dude, segue. We're getting though. so good at these. Yeah, segues. we're segueing. It's a segue hard. within a segue. We could run, you know those segue Bro, tours? Segue within you know a segue. segue tours they run in big cities? Yeah. We should, like, if this whole podcast thing doesn't pan out, let's start a segue tour business in, like, Palo Alto. That sounds fun, I guess. Yeah. I don't I know. I just want to ride one. I, I'm actually doing this thing where I'm trying to ride a different form of transportation every quarter. Next quarter, Segway? Yeah. Next actually, quarter, Segway. Actually, no. I need, to, I need some money before I get a Segway. Are Segways really... How much... I they they must be expensive. Yeah. Right? They must you're probably be. right. Yeah. If yeah. you if you Segway a conversation on a Segway, are you seg-segging a way-way <laughs> or are you Segwaying on a Segway? I feel like you're seg-segging a way-way. That just sounds dope, too. Segs... I'm a seg-seg. I'm a way-way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait. I never knew we could go from clothing to seg-segging some wayways. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. But, uh, but speaking of it, what do you what do you take away as like, what do you think is the commonality among like all bros in thinking about clothes? For me, there's like three groupings. I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, or I'm gonna I'm gonna say there are a bunch of groupings because I don't want to limit myself to numbers in case I change my mind while I'm saying this. Um, but I feel like there's a set of bros who make statements by like not caring externally. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like there's a segment of bros who go hard. So like Jordans and like, I don't know. Like the hype beasts. The hype beasts. Yeah. yeah that's the definitely another pressure. I don't really think there's much hype beast culture at Stanford. Though. Really? Maybe I've, among some of my, like some of my friends, some mm-hmm. of my frat friends, definitely. I've definitely seen a fair number. There's like a very specific subset of like. I feel like honestly, most of the hype beasts I've seen here have been like in all freshman dorms and like on like the pre frat track, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Lines up with what I was saying. Yeah. The only hype beasts I can think of are in frats, so I guess that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it's like a, a little it's bit a, of overlap there. It's a hype beast to frat pipeline. Maybe. Or is it a frat to hype beast pipeline? Ooh, or is it What about came hype- first, the frat or the hype beast? See. What came first, the Stanford so or the, the elitism? <laughs> the hype beast hatched out of the frat, but. The hype beast wouldn't have had anything to hatch out of if there was no frat. So, so it, like, if we, so what came first, the chicken? Like, in yeah, that scenario? it's just chicken or egg. No, no, but, but what, what, what do you think came first, the chicken or the egg? Because by that argument, the chicken hatched, but the chicken also need the egg. In I'm gonna take to... a cop out and say egg because there were egg laying animals before chickens. Yeah, that's that's actually a fact. Yeah, yeah. I want to take it back to something you brought up earlier. Wait, you didn't finish your three? Oh, sec- uh, yeah, I said like one bros. group. You're right. Oh yeah, and then and then no, the, you said two. Then the third, I feel like, I feel like those are honestly like two. Of, and then there's like the third group who just like does random stuff, like cares sometimes and doesn't care. That's such a cop out third group. Wow, those were terrible groups. <laughs> I don't. I, the truth is, I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Um, I do want to take it back to something you said earlier that I thought was really interesting though. Okay. Which was socks. We both have this friend who is like basically anytime he does anything that's like remotely affectionate towards like another man. Super good dude, by the way. Yeah. One of my best buddies. Um but he'll do this thing where he'll like point to his socks and say like, bro, no homo. Like ironically, but Yeah. I don't yeah. know where that thing came from. Because yeah. I've heard I I've heard that a lot. I've heard it a lot. It's like Have you ever said it? Um I've laughed. Don't a lot lie, bro. It. Okay. I've heard you say it. I've heard you say it before. Yeah. Guilty as charged. You said it too. Yeah, I was yeah. about to admit that. I've said it too. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't think it's good. I, I'm more just curious about like where it came from, I guess. Um, 
it's kind of a weird idea. Like, what does socks have to do with? I guess it's like it must have come from something, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's like clothing as like sexuality. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If anybody has any ideas, uh, hit us up. Feel free to drop us a DM. Speaking of which, just want to make Good a quick segue. plug into... That was a great segue. Uh, dude, I'm killing these segues. killing the segues today. Killing the seg seg on the way way. Um, want to make a quick plug. Really Bro is on Instagram, at Really Bro Pod. Uh, drop us a follow. If you give us a shout out um, on your Instagram, uh, like, I don't know, you're on your Instagram story or whatever you want to give us a shout out on, um, we will personally dm you a compliment and you'll be entered into a lottery of people who when we pick from the lottery will be shouted out on the show yes so all sorts of rewards that i just made up on the spot um <laughs> so drop us a follow happen. at really bro pod on instagram and on and twitter, twitter. And- In a minute, we got a great track from Boogie coming up for you, um, Skydive. But before then, we have an ad from our sponsor, Tech Bros. Have you ever wanted to wear a bunch of t-shirts for startups you know nothing about, but met briefly at an activities fair? Does your internship description include the words machine learning or augmented reality? Can you speak Java better than you can speak English? Did you create an app to ask out your prom date instead of asking her in person? Do you use CS plus social good as a resume builder to get a Facebook internship where you will help uh, help Facebook do destructive things to society? Then you might be a tech bro. You better believe I'm we're going to make, make your, your job, job obsolete. obsolete.
next segment, we got a special guest. What's our special guest? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> maybe, let's maybe do a little bit more of an intro. We got uh, Nidhi Mahale. She's a freshman, uh, lives in Rinconada. I don't um, know. Evans Dorm. Nitty's a great friend, great person. Yeah, she's alright. Uh, <laughs> no, Nitty's dope. Uh, I'll I'll let her introduce herself. Nitty, tell us, uh, tell yourself to. Why can't I phrase that? Tell, tell the tell people yourself. about yourself. Yeah. All right. I, Preferably a couple fun facts too. A couple fun facts. All right. I am Nitty Mahale. I am currently sick, but you know what? It's okay. Sorry, I'm not gonna get you sick. I promise. Um. You're, you're sitting really close. <laughs> Wait, you guys are both sick. Okay, should I use Evan's mic then? I'm not contagious, so it's okay. How are you not contagious? Because it's a viral thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, I thought viruses can be contagious. Are they not? I I'm, thought, I'm pretty bacteria. sure viruses can be contagious. That's bacterial, isn't it? I have no idea. I, I'm not pretty Your mad. parents are the doctors. I'll let, I'll let you handle it. My mom, my mom told me that she doesn't think I'm contagious, and she's smart. Okay. And I trust her. Okay. Unless she's with me. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm Nitty Mahale. I am from Fargo, North Dakota, and let's see, what's some fun stuff about me? I'm, I'm studying symbolic systems, I think, here. Um, oh, I didn't know that. When did you decide? Um, I think before I got here. I was like... Really? I was like, some sis, maybe I'll do wow. that. Wow, you figured out. Um, I really don't. Um, and, yeah, I'm just here for, for a fun time, you know? Any other fun facts? What are some fun facts about me? Um... I have three kazoos in my dorm right now. Ooh. Yes. Why would you have three? I'm an avid kazooist. It's called a kazooist? I thought it was a kazooer. Kazooer? Maybe it's a kazooer. I wouldn't know. But Why can't I, it be I both? just made that up. Oh. Uh, it can't be both. <laughs> it can uh, definitely be both. It could be one or the other, but I not both. I feel like it's a one or the could other. You could be a Michiganian or a Michigander. You can be a kazooist or a kazooer. Michigander? Yeah. No one calls Michigan people either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> they just call them insane. They just call them Evan. Shit. <laughs> they just call them lame. <laughs> They just call them. They just call them America's mistake. Y'all are from Maine, North Dakota. I don't know why you're. you're They're both more relevant than Michigan, bro. Nah, Michigan is so relevant. No, it's not. We're the ninth largest state, bro. Yeah, but like state number nine. We got Detroit, the greatest city in the United States. I don't know, like, uh, like your your uh, pinky or your this finger, your ring finger is probably like the (laughs) third, third, no, fourth largest, but it's still pretty freaking lame. But yeah, anyways, uh, we're psyched to be chatting with Nitty. Um, kind of uh, serendipitous uh, to have her have her on. Um, just kind of happened, and we're yeah. very psyched that she's here. What are What are we talking about today, Evan? I didn't really look at my notes. You definitely did look at your notes. First <laughs> yeah, but it's you a better somebody... segue if I say I didn't. So you're like, why would I be asking? Like, it's better. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. See, um, I'm over here flexing on my segues, and you're just not keeping up. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> while Sammy tries to roast me in my home state, um, we have kind of a more serious topic this afternoon. Um, we're going to be talking about sexual assault and more specifically the Me Too movement, and how it ties into masculinity and what um, what men, what how men sort of fit into it. Yeah. So I guess, uh, Nitty, I want to hear like a lot, a lot from you, but we're really interested in like. I guess kind of like bro roles. I don't know. Evan, I'm really curious first about like what your first reactions were to like the beginning of the Me Too movement. I guess it was like a couple of years ago now, but. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I I was always like, at first when like they got Harvey Weinstein, I was like, yeah, like he's a monster. Right. And like, it was just like all this stuff kept coming out about people who I thought I liked. And I was like, all right, I guess they're gone. And like, it never really like. It was always, like, very much, like, a great thing until, for me, it was when um, Aziz Ansari and Keith Ellison uh-huh. had allegations against them. That was definitely, like, really tough for me because they were both people who I looked up to before as, like, as full-out role models. Like, if you asked me in 2016, like, I think, not, not like, in terms of, like, life path, but, like, in terms of just, like, who he is as a per- who he, who I thought he was as a person, mm-hmm. like... I admired who I thought Keith Ellison was in 2016. And, like, I admired what Aziz Ansari did with his show and, like, how yeah. he brought that media. So, yeah. like, hearing those allegations was, like, really tough for me. And, like, I definitely caught my – in part because, like, they were, like, role models of my same race and, like, yeah. of similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely caught myself falling into the trap of, like, believing trying to – Yeah, like, yeah. believing them or, like, trying to excuse their behavior. Yeah. What was, like, 
what what about for you? Yeah, I think the two people who were I mean, obviously it was a while ago, so I kind of forget. Um, but like the two ones when I was, it kind of really shook me were. Uh, Russell Simmons, and then more recently Louis C.K. Mm. Um, I'm a huge like Russell Sim, or I was a huge Russell Russell Simmons fan, um, and I don't know Louis C.K. was like one of my favorite comedians growing up, um, and especially with them, like I knew it was wrong immediately for me to be like, I knew it was wrong immediately to like def- defend them or even like think about defending them, but it was still like my gut reaction to be like, no, they couldn't have done that, like, right. like that's Louis C.K. Like that's like that's Russell Simmons, like. Those are those are idols, like those are icons, like they're impermeable to like such immoral actions. Um, but I don't know. I guess that kind of like makes it makes it worse. I guess because they sort of like had this image of like I don't want to say like perfection because that's that wasn't their image, but like had that image of somebody you could trust or like somebody you could believe, which I think was true about a lot of people who were who were accused of like terrible things. Um, I, I will say there were some people I remember reading like this New York Times and there were some people who you could just like look at them and just be like, Yeah, that guy yeah, did like it. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, like yeah, literally yeah, he's guilty. <laughs> like as a person. Yeah. Um but a lot of times it was like people who were like I don't know like you wouldn't think of like they right. look they have trusting faces, they're trusting people. Um and that that's like hard to come around and yeah. I don't know. it's tough to admit that, but like I definitely felt like I wasn't sure of like what to do at first, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Nitty, what were your first reactions? Since we're doing I guess we're doing first reacts. Yeah. First reacts to the Me Too movement, I I just felt like I think seeing it as a woman, I mm. realized how brave the women who were sharing their stories were and how it takes so much guts and so much strength to be able to come out and like to like vocalize like your own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for me too, I felt like um, Aziz Ansari was one person for me too. I agree. Um, as like a person of color, who I I grew up listening to his comedy. I was like, he could not have. And like, I just was really really shocked when I heard that. Um, so I kind of felt the same way, and uh, I guess, and like also like hearing stories from women who I was like. I had always looked up to and I would have never imagined that they would have gone through certain experiences such as sexual assault um, or sexual abuse, but, like, they had. And, like, it was just quite... It was a lot to take in, I think, for me. And I think that, especially now, um, having come to Stanford and having had certain experiences, I am now, like, chain, like now understanding the Me Too movement a little bit better and mm. I'm understanding the kind of strength that it takes um and especially the fact that the me too movement has opened up so many doors and has allowed other women to like open up is just a a powerful powerful thing yeah i kind of think that it is like limited in a way because like as much as like as as brave as it is for like i don't know celebrities or like actresses or like people in the industry who have like some degree of power and a lot of times like some degree of wealth to like as brave as that is to come out like I have trouble bridging the gap between that and people who are like truly vulnerable like being able to stand up like one that comes to mind is like I don't know like teachers who like it recently came out in my community there was like a teacher who had experienced this and like it only came out because they were like she already knew she had like a ton of allies around her Mm -hmm. so like she was somebody with not very much power you know so like I don't it's hard to say like I think it does it is symbolic but like it's hard to see if it will have like the true impact of like people who are really in vulnerable scenarios who could like you know get fired if they said anything or like that's their only form of income um it's hard to see whether it's like truly gonna like impact the day-to-day everyday person yeah Um, and I remember I remember reading about it actually um the other day that a lot of like sexual assault and sexual abuse happens from people that um, like the victims know personally mm. yeah. and so that makes it even harder to even stand up especially when like if you think about just like gender roles in society like it's really really hard for women to stand up sometimes uh, to begin with um, especially if they're not like financially independent yeah. and like compounding all of that I feel like if you are a celebrity then like you have so much more power to be able to like um, like sort of like liberate yourself yeah. liberate yourself right. yeah um, whereas if you're not independent or if you are like you personally know that person um, or even like are like dating or re- like married to that person like that's so much harder yeah I feel and like 
I think that's especially true too because like people share circles. Mm-hmm. Like when you know someone, you share circles with them. So it's like it's just tough, like to like just to understand what that sacrifice is. And I don't think like that's something I truly understood until like literally seeing people go through this. Mm-hmm. I I was also like seeing sort of what you said earlier about like. I don't know, there was definitely, like, this whole narrative of, like, people at the top coming out and, like, yeah. how that would create a culture change. Uh-huh. I'm, like... I don't know if that's always true, though. Yeah, I, I'm pretty skeptical of that also, just, like, as a trickle-down narrative. Just because, like, I don't think... Stop laughing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you always find a way to make it political. It's, no, that's not whatever. <laughs> Fight me later. But I just don't think, like, it's valuable. Or I, th- I think, like, it's important. But I don't, I think it's easy. I've definitely heard a lot of like powerful men say, like, oh, like it's 2018, like Me Too happened, you can't do that stuff anymore. And I think that's a narrative. It's easy to, it's easy to believe that we're further along than we are in this stuff. Yeah, I don't think that should dismiss the fact that like it is. I don't know if I've noticed like a change. I mean, I've noticed some degree of change in like the ways that I think guys are some to some degree more aware of like the ways that like smaller actions can like impact people they care about or people like that they're around um i don't know maybe it's like the people i choose to surround like that i end up surrounding myself with but like i have definitely like noticed some of my guy friends being like more cautious about and this isn't to say there aren't like a ton of and like like that culture has changed overall but like there is to some i think to some degree like people are a little bit more cautious yeah, and I don't want to overestimate like how much progress we've made, mm-hmm. but I think there is some progress yeah. that has been made. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's just like important to remember the difference between like guys being somewhat more cautious and like full scale cultural change. Well, well, I mean, it is cultural change. Yeah, it's a cultural shift. I don't know if it's like I feel like cultural change implies like we're most of the way there, and cultural shift like we're we're moving, but we haven't moved yet. What, like, so what would you point to as like an example of like a true cultural change? Like, not related to this, but like related to anything. Hmm. Oh, that's tough. I would say um, non, like non-traditional, st- I, not not non-traditional relationships, because like non-straight relationships are still pretty marginalized. But like non-traditional straight relationships, so like people who like have kids and aren't married. Like I feel like the, um, like for instance, like my and uncle like have a son and have been together for like thirteen years, but like didn't get married until literally last fall. And like no one batted an eyelid. And I know like if it was the sixties or seventies, like or like the fifties, that just would not have been true. So I think that's that's like an example of a full scale cultural change. But like I would also say like we've had a like you don't I don't think we wanna say that there has been very few changes made to like uh I don't know, the way we think about sexual assault between now between now and like nineteen seventies. You know what I mean? Or, like, mm. now and 50 years ago. Like, I would argue that there has been a pretty big shift in that. That's fair. Yeah, I guess it's important not to downplay that, too. And, like, that's definitely something I'm very prone to doing. Okay. That's fair. Um, I guess more where I wanted to bring this conversation rather than making it some political <laughs> is... Wow. Um, <laughs> like, I'm really interested, Nitty, in your thoughts of, um, like, what do you see as, like, I guess, like, guys' roles in, in sort of, like, making this cultural shift that we're talking about? I think just being, like, I honestly think that being aware of, like, what's happening culturally, like, that whole, like, cultural shift that's happening, um, and really, like, understanding consent. I mean, like, Mm. I know, like, like, we, like, the fact that we have to read the consent sign before we go into parties, like, before, like, I thought it was really, really cool that they had us do that, and, like, but now, like, when you see people reading that, it's kind of just like they're, like, saying that... I feel like people almost make a joke out of it. <laughs> they make yeah, a joke out of yeah. it, right? Like, like they don't actually like read it. They don't think about like, it when they're yeah. reading it. But then, like, it's so serious and it's so real. Yeah. And I feel like if people would just internalize that, like, that's that's important in and of itself. It's just understanding what consent means. Yeah. So I think that. And also, like, just being a really good ally to people who have gone through that. There is definitely, I think, a wide diversity in, like, whether people think about this or whether they just don't think about it at all. How would you, like, approach guys... To like getting guys to think more about consent, like where where do we start that? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think just having like open discussions, um, kind of like in like uh, this is kind of cheesy, and I don't know if this is actually implementable, but I think where I've done a lot of learning about social issues is in like 
group discussions, kind of like mm-hmm. Psych 103. Evan mm-hmm. and I are in a, in a class called Intergroup Communication where we sit in little fishbowls and we have discussions in different identity groups. And I think like settings like that would be a really good way to under, like to learn more. Um, and also just like having more like activism on campus. Okay, so a really interesting point that Nitty just brought up behind the scenes is... Nitty, do you want to just explain it? I don't want to explain your idea. I was going to ask you guys about the connection between bro culture and rape culture and the Me Too movement. Yeah, that's a very fair question. Um, I think the undeniable fact is there like is quite a bit of connection um i think we can dissect it and say like there are all different types of bros um but like definitely especially with like the classical stereotype of like a a frat bro um i don't know like if i don't we have another discussion i guess of like with evan and i about like whether we think that we both personally subscribe to that but like with that connection like there there clearly is a lot of like a lot of sexual assault issues that i've seen Mm at Stanford and like statistically happen in relation to, to frat culture and yeah. bros. There's no doubt about it. I don't think that makes frat bros inherently bad people, but there is definitely some, um, some like causation there. What do you think? Evan? I think, yeah, it has a lot to do with the setup of like masculine institutions, I would say. So like with frats, like at frat parties, like at Stanford, you read that consent sign, but then you walk in and everyone's just grinding, right? Like that's not true. I wouldn't <laughs> say everyone's grinding. Okay. Like, a lot of people. Sometimes, a, a a sizable number of people. Less than half. It depends. Whatever. The, it depends on the vibe. So it depends on the vibe. A bunch of people are grinding on each other. Yeah, but there's also just a bunch of like friend circles that'll happen. That's true. And like, I definitely know a lot of girls who are like, I've gone to like tons of parties, like who go to tons of parties, and they're like, who would say like I've never that they've never grinded with someone. That's true. But, like, I think the over it's about the overall culture. And, like, the reason that frats even fr- throw parties in the first place <laughs> is, like, for the frat bros to be able to, like, go and hook up with girls. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think it's at least partially true. I like, don't know. It's Sometimes a, it's, it's really motive. fun to just have a good night with the boys. That's true. That is, that's with the true. friends, with the bros, with the bros of all genders. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, but, like, it's still, it's still, like, a partial underlying motive. And, like, sure, yeah. there, are, there are, like... I would say it's more a motive of a, a certain subset of guys who go to frat parties that's that's fair because like there are also a ton of like i have a ton of bros who are in frats who like don't even go to their own frats parties like they mm-hmm. won't even like they'll be upstairs just like chilling like you know hanging out with their friend or their girlfriend or whatever that's fair I, but like i think it's less about those are like exceptions to the rule in my mind and like there are a lot there are always a lot of exceptions but like i think like the underlying culture of like that and like so many other like even just like the ways that like sports teams will like talk in the locker room Locker room talk? Locker room talk. I never found locker room talk to be that bad. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wasn't like what how people describe it like today. I don't know. It was always team to team for me, honestly. Like there were some teams I was on where it was like totally chill and then there were some teams where it was completely toxic and like uh-huh. definitely feeding into I think a lot of what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Um I don't know, like I definitely like after two years in one of those specific locker rooms, I definitely started to like buy in more to like that set of mm-hmm. um, that set of like thinking yeah um, so what do you think is a way to like like what have been your experiences in like i don't know dealing with those situations a just like personally but what i'm more interested in like is like how have you gone about like trying to like change the conversation change people's minds yeah i feel like that's also like even when you know something's problematic like in these spaces like because that's the pervasive culture it's really really hard to speak up and like that's that's from a complete position of privilege let's be clear right like it's it's very privileged to be able to say like yeah i think that's wrong but i'm not going to do anything about it but like i feel like that's what ends up happening in a lot of these spaces so like with your your friends who are in frats who like don't necessarily subscribe to like like what goes on at like most frat parties but like at the end of the day they're still in the frat and they're still like paying their dues and allowing their cult- that culture to get, like... So do you think... But there's a difference between the mainstream of frat culture at... I'm, I, let's talk specifically about Stanford, because I feel like oh, we okay. have the most experience with that. I was I was talking, like, broader. Okay. I, let's say... I, maybe let's... Somewhere in between broad and Stanford. Okay. Um, Would you say you think, like, the... Like, the mainstream is guys that want to, like... Like, ha- who, who are in frats, like, are motivated in those frats and frat parties to hook up with girls, or are part of that culture of, like, sexual assault and, like, not caring about sexual assault. Because I feel like those are two different groups. 
Like, cause I think you could like, not that it's necessarily like my style, but like you could have a motive to like make out or hook up with somebody without like being part of that culture. That's true. You know? No, that's definitely true. I feel like the second one is just like a far extension of the first one though. I don't know about that. That might be, that might be extreme. Actually, I'm not sure if I agree with that, even though the words came out of my mouth. But, like, they're, I'm not going to say they're not connected, because they definitely are. I, I agree that they are connected. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But, so, I don't know. One of the things I'm thinking about, though, is, like, with frat culture and with guys who are, like, who maybe, like, in a locker room are saying, like, inappropriate things or, like, degrading things to women, I'm not, on, like, I'm not sure of, like, the way to act around that, though, because, mm. like, I don't think it's really an effective way to like change them by just saying like you know you like you you like you wow that's gonna be a bleeping nightmare (laughs) um um, but i don't necessarily think that's the most effective way to like reform people because i think a lot of times what happens then is they're like oh this guy's like this guy's like not a bro like Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna keep doing this you know what i mean yeah so like i feel like there are a lot of like softer ways of like bringing people around you know no it's definitely a tough line to walk like how far can you push someone before they just start ignoring you Mm-hmm. I, I I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and I don't know. I found like I've I don't want to say like I've changed some of my friends, but like I I feel like I've had an impact on some of my friends by like meeting them where they are, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think we have to be willing to do that, and like that's really tough to do a lot of the time, but like it's it's also very important. I don't know. Okay, final thoughts. We're running out of yeah. time. Nidhi, what do you think? Give uh, the li- give the listeners like a. Chunk of knowledge. Yeah. Chunk of knowledge. For them to Give them chew something on. to chew on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like oh. a chewy piece of gum that, like, eventually they're going to swallow nah, not by accident. Think like, I've swallowed so many pieces of gum. Oh my God. That's not healthy. Yeah. You might want to go see, like, a doctor. Is, chewing, <laughs> is swallowing gum actually really that bad? I think it might be a myth. I think it's a myth. I, I feel like, I feel like stomach acid is pretty strong. Stomach like, acid has to be so that. much stronger. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a myth. Okay. okay final anyway. final thoughts. Okay. Final thoughts. I think if our listeners were a dog, this would be their chew toy. Oh, okay. If this is gonna be a chew toy, <laughs> <laughs> that's a horrible analogy. I'm sorry. That was a great analogy. <laughs> no, that was a great analogy. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. I, I support that. Thank you so much. I appreciate. It. I appreciate the support. Um, I think, I think one big takeaway that I have come out of here with is the idea that. Progress is slowly happening, but we need to make more active efforts to like continue that and like to actually like to actually like make change. Like we can't just like blindly read consent signs and like not pay attention to what they mean and like we can't just like let like like let like locker room banter just happen. Like you actually need to like step in and like actually like think about your role in society and like how you can make changes. All right, listeners, chew on that. Chew on that. Sammy, final Swallow thoughts? Swallow that bubblegum. Uh, final thoughts is, um, uh, sorry, I wasn't really listening to the last couple of minutes. Um, I was texting <laughs> on my phone, but uh, final thoughts is- You're a zombie, bro. Um, final thoughts- Hey, are you a tech bro? <laughs> have you ever wanted to wear a bunch of startups you know nothing about? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I have one from Cerebros, and I don't know what the hell they, they do, but it's a dope <laughs> T-shirt. It's really cool, um, and I've definitely had gotten some clout from wearing it. Um, but yeah, final thoughts is um, I think doing whatever you can to like be an ally is is awesome, and just like taking the time to um, I don't know hear stories is hearing stories is really powerful and always viewing things on like a, a case by case fa- uh, basis and not drawing, not drawing like prejudgments about people. Um, especially like if you perceive them either to be like, I don't know, like a, uh, like a frat bro or something like there are a lot of great frat bros. Um, so I don't know, just like yeah. get to know people. Don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Be a bro. <laughs> be a bro. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only thing I have to add is just like, remember that all of this stuff is super individual and it affects like everyone in very different ways and like everything everything is case by case um but also like as an individual problem the best way to approach it is individually so like think about think about like how people around you like how they act in these situations how they think in them and just like consider that meet them where they are and work from there Evan, what's your hot take? My hot take for this week is that, you know that old saying about, like, not comparing apples and oranges? 
I think you should be able to compare ha- apples and oranges. Yeah, they're both fruit. They're both fruit. Yeah, I totally, I take. totally agree. That's bro. my hot take. Like, yeah, we like practically in day to day life, like we have to compare so much different stuff. And like, sure, just because apples grow on trees, oranges are like citrus or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't really care. Like at the end of the day, like I eat them in the same context. Like I interact with them in the same context. Just because mm. like they're different in their essence. Like I interact with them in the same way, and like most people do. And like they're very, they're very similar, like characteristically. Aside from like, and I don't know, like you can have like objectively good and objectively bad apples, and objectively good and objectively bad oranges, and like sure we have individual preferences, but we got to be able to take those into account when we're making objective comparisons. So like accounting for our own internal apple orange bias, we should be able to compare apples and oranges. That's my hot take for this week. That's a lot. That's a lot to chew on. Yeah. Um. That reminds me. Did another- you get that hot take from Little Dicky? I did not. Oh, okay. Do you know the song uh, Pillow Talking? I like, I'm not. just pillow talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, There's a line in there where, where um, actually, there's a couple lines where the girl he's talking to is like, you can't compare them. They're like apples to oranges. And then at the end, like towards the end of the song, he's like, he's like, you can't compare apples to oranges. They both fruit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your hot take? My hot take this week is, um, do you, first, a question for you. Do you enjoy wearing shoes? Um, just, just say no. What? This will be a lot easier. What for surface me am say, I walking on? Just like in general, like if you were just chilling, like if you were in your ideal scenario and you're like super comfy, do you like wearing shoes? No, like if I'm like if I'm anywhere. Okay, else, I don't need a whole description, bro. Okay, nah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Nitty, do you like wearing shoes? No. Thank you, Nitty. Appreciate that that concise answer. Um, my hot take is that shoes are overrated and that it should be way more culturally accepted when we're like indoors in workspaces or in schools to just like take off our shoes like if we could take off our shoes at school like in high school or whatever i don't know if it would work at stanford just because you have to go outside so much but even like when you're in class like why wouldn't you just take off your shoes like i would love to take off my shoes in the middle of like my econ lecture nothing would make me happier it would feel so good to just like take off my shoes for a minute, but since it's not as culturally accepted as I as I would like it to be, I don't do it. I feel like there was a kid in my high school who mostly went around barefoot. Actually, baller. Yeah, big baller. Shout out Jacob Kopi. Uh-huh. Great kid. I do feel like one unintended consequence, like if we were to implement this at Stanford, so like yeah, once you put shoes on, uh-huh. actually this is this is a piece of wisdom that he dropped to me. Mm-hmm. Once you put shoes on you're committed to wearing shoes because if you take your shoes off, all the, like, foot smell that got, like, gradually stored up inside of that shoe, it just Uh all comes out. There are definitely ways to make shoes smell less bad, That's true. There are definitely ways to make shoes smell less bad. If we all went barefoot all the time, like, just, like, a little bit, it wouldn't wouldn't get so concentrated. Yeah, totally. I feel like we either got to go. We we should be a barefoot society, honestly. That's a fact. And, like, Sure, it hurt our feet for like the first week, but like no, I mean it would hurt for a lot longer. Like evolutionarily, it would hurt for a while. But like if we if we never develop shoes, like we would be fine and we would be more comfortable today. No, so that's my hot take. When when were shoes invented, right? Like yeah, and who did this to us? Who did this to us? Who thought like you know we've been walking around on our feet fine for like forty thousand years? Let's just like put something on our feet and see what happens. I got a hot take, y'all. Um, and this is inspired by a conversation I had with Sammy and Justin the other week. And it is mint and chocolate, like Thin Mints and like those like Andy's chocolates that you get at like Olive Garden and stuff. I'm not about it. I am not what? about it. I do really? not I do not like minty chocolatey flavored combinations. Wait, so what do you oh mint and chocolate together? Yes. Oh okay. Or so like mint no general. mint chocolate chip. You don't like mint in general? I just don't like mint in general. What do you do you brush your teeth? I do brush my teeth. <laughs> Wait, do you so use, what toothpaste just, do you use? I, I use two different toothpaste. Wait, what? Yes, I use one at night and one in the morning. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fancy. Toothbrush fancy, tooth, toothpaste fancy, elitist over yeah. here. <laughs> Facts. My my morning. Why can't you just brush your teeth like the rest of us? Because yeah, I'm, God. Trying, I'm trying to be cavity free. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not my I'm I'm not trying to be cavity free. <laughs> wow. Bring all it right, on cavities. All right, all right. Yeah, but my morning toothpaste, like I hate brushing my teeth with that toothpaste. It's so minty. But minty and mint and chocolate just I love chocolate so much, and I feel like it's tainted by mint. That's true. I think mint does bring chocolate down a little bit, except in Thin Mints. Thin <laughs> Mints are, like, the exception to that that rule, in my opinion. We got a great track coming up from you from a um, New York-based rap group, Das Racist. We're going to go with from a Queens. bit of a silly song after a very yeah. serious and semi-depressing topic. Mm-hmm. So, so, emotions going up and down. Yeah. But first, some legal requirements. Uh, Our first PSA is brought to you by Marijuana Anonymous. 
Marijuana Anonymous is a fellowship of women and men who share experience, strength, and hope with each other to help themselves and others require, recover from marijuana. Oh, addiction. this is a oh, this is an anti. Oh shoot, I was misled by what I thought this was. I thought that it was like you could buy marijuana anonymously, anonymously. and the FCC was like condoning. Yeah, I mean buying. it's legal in California now. I really, th- I really thought that's what this was gonna be. The only requirement, fun, yeah. not gonna lie. The only requirement for membership <laughs> is a desire to stop using marijuana. Does that desire have to be permanent? <laughs> Can it be like I don't want to use marijuana right now? <laughs> the primary purpose is to stay free of marijuana and help the marijuana addict who still suffers achieve the same freedom. There are eleven weeks. Wait, does that say free of marijuana or free marijuana? <laughs> Good question. Why don't you go to one of their 11 weekly marijuana anonymous meetings in the South Bay slash Santa Cruz area. For more information, you can call 408-450-0796 or go to www.madistrict3.org. They really couldn't have made the four, the phone number have 420 in it. Yeah, really. They really couldn't have. I will note that like the station does number all the PSAs and promos, and this is PSA number 420. Hey. So Lit. shout out whoever numbered. In the, the words of Dr. Dre. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> and, and, but also, in the words of Marijuana Anonymous, don't. don't. This PSA is for Link Ages Time Bank. Now you can be a part of your neighborhood's greatest what, resource. What's my neighborhood's greatest resource? Um, well, if you want to find out, all you got to do is check out Link Ages Time Bank, where you can give and receive help, share hobbies and interests, and learn new skills. False. My neighborhood's greatest resource is me. <laughs> Ooh. Facts. Link Ages Time Bank is a community-based service exchange network supported by Palo Alto Medical Foundation, part of Sutter Health. Members earn hours by providing services and use those hours to receive services in return. For more information or to register for an orientation, visit linkages.org. Is just more of that old story about how, like, time is money? I think so. Because if it is, like, I don't know if I buy that. Time is so much more than money. Well, if time is more than money... Like, can't you quantify the amount of, like, isn't it just more, isn't time just more money? I don't know, but, like, it's on the one hand, like, time matters, but on the other hand, like... You can't tell me that your time can't be bought with money. I think you have to be... I'll pay you $10 million for five minutes of your time. Okay, yeah, you're right. But on the other hand, like, I feel like in this society, like, we're too uptight with our time. Like, I was talking to, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and, like, in other, in other cultures, like, we have, we have this whole narrative that, like, every, every time that we're spending time doing something, like it's at the cost of doing something else. And, like, mm-hmm. I just think that's a really destructive narrative because it means that, like, we don't put time to words. Well, like, it's true. Well, that's kind of true, though. Like, economics, like, about opportunity costs. I don't know. I've had to tell him about opportunity costs so many times. <laughs> he doesn't understand that there's no <laughs> such thing as a free lunch. I do understand it, but at the same it's time... A- like, there's an acronym for it, bro. It's Tinsaffle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never heard Did that. Did you not learn that, Nitty, in economics? <laughs> no. Oh, that was like the first. Yeah, I learned that in my Tinsaffle? in my online high school econ class, chapter one. It was titled Tinsaffle. There is no such thing as a free lunch because there's always an opportunity cost of your time and other variables potentially. That's true, but I think thinking about it in that way prevents us from like developing. Well, like, I would point out that you're the one who brought it up. So who's thinking about it? Whoa, that's well, pretty me, meta. But I'm thinking about it to criticize it. You're thinking about thinking, thinking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking about people who think about it. Wait, so but now, now are you thinking about it? Thinking about now, thinking I'm thinking about, about thinking about. Nitty thinking and about I are it. thinking about you thinking about thinking about it. And now, like, since I'm thinking about what you guys are thinking about, I'm thinking about thinking about thinking about thinking about it. Three no, hours later. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Radio Survivor explores the future of community media with a focus on community radio, college radio, low power FM, and public access TV. Along with podcasting and internet radio, what are we? I'm what are we surviving? Yeah, I thought this was gonna be like Survivor, but for yeah. the radio, like Survivor on the radio. Imagine like Survivor but audio only, so like you couldn't see what was going on. Exactly, you can just hear you just have everything. to like guess. That would be sick. That'd be sick. <laughs> Your host Paul uh, Rizmandel, Eric Klein. Eric Klein was my high school principal's name. Wait, really? Is it the, is sa- it the same? Dude? Is it the same guy? It's probably not. <laughs> and Jennifer Watts will join you on Thursdays from 10 to 11 a.m. on KZSU. They'll highlight the best and most innovative audio programming. So, I mean, we're on there, obviously. Um, And update you on the news that affects your ability to make, create, and hear and watch community media. That's Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. on Stanford Student Run Radio, KZSU, a.k.a. The Zoo, a.k.a. Kazoo. Kazoo. 
Thank you all so much for listening today. It's been it's been a great time. Thank you, Nitty, for being a guest on literally like what was it like fifteen minutes notice? Yeah. And thanks so much for being a good bro. We yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, bro. You. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. of course, you're a bro. Yeah. All right. Really, bro? <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy this uh, track by track. Das Racist. Das, is Das Racist. That's what I said. Das no, Racist. I said Das Racist. It's Das Racist. They're like, the same thing. Like, that's racist, but Das Racist. That's what I said. Das Racist. No, you said Das Racist. It's Das Racist. I'm saying it. Das Racist. Three hours later. Wait, you're saying das racist and you're saying das racist. Yeah. No, I'm saying das racist. It's das racist. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying das racist. Yeah. We're saying the same thing, dude. No. We're saying, uh. Ha, I'm at the pizza hut. What? I'm at the Taco Bell. What? I'm at the combination pizza hut and Taco Bell. I'm at the pizza hut. What? I'm at the Taco Bell. I'm at the combination pizza hut and Taco Bell. Wait, we're at the pizza hut. What? Taco Bell. What? We're at the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. We at the Pizza Hut. No. We at the Taco Bell. No. We at the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. What? We at the Pizza Hut. That Taco Bell. That combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Pizza Hut. Taco Bell. Combination Pizza Hut and Taco wait, Bell. Wait, I'm at the Pizza Hut. Taco Bell. What? I'm at the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Wait a minute. I got that taco smell. That pescado smell. I got a lot of smells. I rolled a lot of L's. I got that Pizza Hut. Okay. I got that Pizza Hut. Yeah. I got that Pizza Hut. No. I'm at the Pizza Hut. And at the Taco Bell. Yeah. I'm at that Pizza Hut. Okay. I'm at that Taco Bell. That combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Pizza Hut. Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Taco Bell. One, one, two, three, four. I'm at the Pizza Hut. I'm at the Taco Bell. I'm at the Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. What? Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Really? I don't see you. I'm at the Pizza Hut. I'm at the Taco Bell. I don't see you. I'm at the Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Jamaica Avenue. Jamaica Avenue. Jamaica Avenue. The Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell on Jamaica Avenue. Jamaica Avenue. That's where I'm at. Where you at? No, that's where I'm at. Where you at? I don't see you here, dog. I'm at the Pizza Hut.